Hey guys, you're listening to episode 72 of the School of Intuition Soundcast, and I'm Natasha Che. The goal of this soundcast is to help you to walk on this planet with power and grace and to find your unique ways to elevate the consciousness of the world around you. And today, I want to talk about something that I will call the return on investment of suffering. The ROI on suffering. I know some of you may be sitting there thinking, well, how strange, what a strange concept this is. Now, first of all, suffering is just plain awful. Who, who would actually be invested in suffering, right? And a return on suffering, this is just such a strange way to frame things. But again, you know, sometimes in the soundcast, I try to introduce concepts and perspectives that may not be your usual way of thinking. And sometimes it's, you know, if you look at the same thing from a slightly different angle, it disco- you discover new truths from it. You discover new stimuli because it provides a new stimuli to your brain. It deepens your understanding on something that you may be thinking, oh, I already, I already understand it. So, so this is one of those things. And the reason I want to talk about this, because just the other day, I had this interesting conversation with a friend of mine. And while we were talking, this, a hypothetical question came up. So here's the question, okay? We were talking about you know, what? what is, the, is happiness the point of life? And here's the question. So uh, you, can, you can think about the answer for yourself too. So if you, ha- if you are given two options, which one would you choose of the following two, okay? So let's say you're not quite happy right now. And option one, I'll give you a pill. And you take the pill and you'll be happier, 50% happier immediately. And the effect and the effect is not temporary. It stays. Okay? It stays. You will be forever 50% happier just by taking this pill. That's option one. Option two. I'll tell you, okay, you there is a prospect, there is a possibility that you will be happier 20 years from now. If you do this and this and this, if you go through this and this and that, all right, you, you have to go through some trouble. You have to go through a journey and that may not be very comfortable. And you do a series of these things, it, but I, by the end of the 20 years, your, conscious, your neurological con- conditions, your consciousness will be changed enough and hopefully you will discover at the end of this path that you are 50% happier in the end. Or you may not. You may be 10% happier. Maybe your exploration didn't lead anywhere and you're not happier at all. So these two options, which one <laughs> would you choose? Now, I can tell you that for me, without even a second thought, I choose the second option. So that, that tells you just, just how much, how much regard <laughs> I have for happiness. 
<laughs> but don't get me wrong. I want like you know everybody wants to be happy, right? I want to be happy too. Who wants to be sad and in pain? But but here's the thing, okay? If you if if you really you you give me these two options, and I will immediately choose the second one. Why? Because to me, being happy. That's not the purpose of life. That's not what I came here for. That's not why I came to this earth. <laughs> the earth being a very unhappy and pretty heavy place. If I want happiness, I wouldn't have come here. <laughs> why did I come here? I came here for the experience of transformation. I came here for the experience of growth. I came here for the experience of. Transforming consciousness through the human journey, through the human story, through a hero's journey that everybody goes through when you're a human on this planet, and that's what's that's the unique selling point <laughs> of coming to the earth. And I know very clearly that that's what my soul came here for. Because ultimately, you know, on the bigger scale of things, all of it, all you are going through right now, all everybody, every one of us are going through right now. No matter what story is playing on the TV screen of your life, it is, to me, for the purpose of growth, and it's all a play of consciousness. It's a game. You came here. You sign up. For this game, this game called the transformation of consciousness through the human journey. So, as a side product, you become happier. Hopefully, you through the human journey, you become wiser. You become clearer, right? You become a, for the lack of a better word, I really don't like this word, more enlightened. Being and and as a as a end result, as a side effect, I would say, is happiness, true happiness and equanimity. But but that that's for for me that that's not that's not a purpose or even a goal, right? So the reason I brought this up <laughs> is because we're talking about the return on investment of suffering, right? So. Because to me, a large part of the human journey involves suffering. Just by casual observation, right? If you are of any degree of sensitivity at all, I think you you can see this in your own life, and in everyone else's life around you. Now, because because you know, I have if you if you've listened to. Some of my previous episodes, you know that I have a pretty high regard for pain. I have high respect for pain because even though it's painful, <laughs> pain is painful. I know, you know that that's that's absolute truth, right? But on the other hand, it does so much for us. It does so much. It can do so much for you. It's a gift that keeps on giving, if you pay attention. Right. So, 
you know, someone asked me once in the email because、um, because the, the the person heard me talk a lot about the value of pain, right? And the person is like, "I'm so fed up with suffering. I'm so fed up with how painful life is. I does growth have to come from suffering? Is this a erroneous belief that people have?" You know, in order to grow, in order to learn, you have to suffer. Is that the truth? Well, here is the first point I want to tell you today: is I don't think it's the truth. It's not that it's not that growth have to come from suffering. We'll talk about the, you know, the 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 derivatives from that statement in a moment. But it's not that growth have to come from suffering. But let's just say, empirically, empirically there is a high correlation between the two. Why? It's not because of the pain part. The it the the what what it actually does is, you know, what what pain and suffering does, is to put resistance and pressure. On your neural system, on your status, on the status quo of your life, so that you can discover something else. So, in other words, it's not necessarily the pain, but it's the resistance and pressure that the pain creates, and that that's the crucial thing. It's the res, it's the resistance and pressure through those that you discover. Things about the current situation about your life, things you discover through those about yourself, that generates opportunity for growth. So, without resistance and pressure, it's just very unlikely for growth to happen because it's unnecessary. <laughs> if if the stat if if the If there is no need for status quo to change, it it will not voluntarily change. That's just the nature of things. So, th- th- so empirically, you rarely discover peace and equanimity without discovering its opposite first. It, you 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 can hardly ha- grasp what peace and equanimity is if you have not at least had a taste. Of its opposite, and at le- least have strived to understand its opposite. Right? You you do not understand light without understanding darkness. So, because what, when you when you have a taste of its opposite, when you start to understand the opposite of peace and equanimity and happiness, it inspires this search. It inspires this questioning. It inspires your neural system to look for solutions, right? Because the entire human story is 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 resolving one problem after another. If you read any human story, right? If there's no problem, there's no change. So, reminds me of the other day. I was、uh, talking to a design web designer about. Redoing my website, okay, and the designer asked me, "Okay,、uh, do you have any requirements? 
Does the font have to be a certain way? Does the color themes have to be a certain way? Does the look and feel have to be a certain way? So they were asking me to add constraints on them. What, what, what are constraints? The nature of constraints, it provides resistance and pressure to your action, right? When, when, you, when you execute an action, it meets a constraint and it creates a resistance. There is a pressure, okay? So, so then, then I, I was trying to be helpful. I said, well, you know what? Just, just do whatever you like, you know? Just feel free to be creative. Feel free to create things out of thin air. I don't have any preconception of what it should be like. <laughs> and that got, that got them really worried. And they're like, well, you know what? It's actually a lot easier. It's actually, it takes a, way less time. If you just tell me, if you just put down some constraints that I can work against, you can work with and you can work against. So it's the same principle, right? If there is no constraint, the creativity does not become inspired. When there is resistance, when there is pressure against the status quo, against the current situation, it creates this opportunity. It, cre it creates this opportunity for growth, right? So. By that same token, you know, the growth, that, that means growth does not have to come from suffering. It can come from pleasure as well. As long as that pleasant experience creates some kind of resistance and pressure. How is this possible? This is entirely possible. <laughs> I can tell you there are so many situations that has happened to me when I was experiencing so much beauty in particular situations so much beauty and so much joy that my heart couldn't contain it because it was not used to it, right? And as a result, it creates this pressure. It's the same resistance that suffering will create. So a lot of things, a lot of times you look at, you know, the polar opposite qualities, they create the same effect. So because when, when, when this, when this, uh, when the beauty and joy and happiness is that there was so such a big quality of it and my heart felt like it could hardly hold it then it was challenged to expand it was challenged to grow so that is one way you know great experience pleasure joy can create growth as well but it doesn't matter the the bottom line, the crux of things here is there has to be resistance. There has to be pleasure, pressure. Otherwise, growth very unlikely to happen. Okay. So I, I want you to, you know, sometimes you look at suffering in this lens. You, then, then, then you have a slightly different view about whatever you are going through. So essentially... Why there is a high correlation between suffering and growth is because this natural resistance and pressure it creates to inspire your system to make new discovery. Okay, but the second point, here is the next point I want to create. I, I want to tell you. Okay. Yes, there is a high correlation, but it does not mean that 
suffering will lead to growth. That is absolutely untrue. There is something that is what I would call a pointless suffering. Sometimes if you're suffering because you are so deeply mired in your existing script. Your human software is executing a piece of script that cannot exit itself. And it ends up becoming this dog chasing its own tail. Okay, you go round and round and round in circles and you cannot get out. So that is not actually an uncommon situation. Because and, and, and that situation is all the more likely to happen when you have a aversion to pain, when you have a reactionary response to pain. Because guess what? That's, that's the human nature, right? We all have an aversion, natural aversion to suffering. We do everything we can to make it go away. Most of, we think, most of the things we do are <laughs> inspired by moving away from pain, right? So, but here's the thing, okay? When you have a reactionary response to pain, when you're kind of trying to, you know, do things to kind of smother it, to dial it out down, to not look at it, not today, okay, maybe tomorrow, let's just put this aside through whatever mechanism you can. I'm sure you have your own coping mechanism, right? Sometimes they are the... A lot of times, they're the right thing to do because you don't have the time and attention and energy to look at this right now. But the thing is, what, what, what it does is it essentially is a band-aid on whatever the pain is calling you to discover. Right? So you essentially, you're not discovering. There is, if there is no discovery process accompanying the pain, then sometimes it becomes pointless. You, ha- you can have a band-aid put in a cover on it so you do not feel as much intensity for a while. But at the same time, you're not getting any return. You're not getting any benefit from the pain. Right? So, how do you know? How do you know when you're, if you're suffering in vain? How do you know you are getting, you're not getting much return on your investment in suffering? So here, here are a few questions you can ask yourself. The first question I would, I would ask is, are you discovering something new about yourself while you're suffering? Or are you just, you know, are you noticing just the same script, same story, whatever that is, running yourself again and again and again? Now, of course, you have to exercise some, some, some judgment over this because there is a process when you, between, between, you feel, between you feel any kind of stimuli coming from the suffering to your system having a response. Right? You cannot say, 
okay, I, it's it's been so painful for the past five seconds, and I have not discovered anything new. This must be pointless. <laughs> so this this is something you have to exercise judgment, right? So so it may take a while, and I cannot tell you exactly how that a while is, but. You, I think over time, you have if you are self-reflective enough, you can notice: are you are you discovering something new about yourself? It does not have to be some high wisdom. It does not have to be a positive change. You don't have to change anything just yet. But are you discovering something that you didn't realize before about yourself, about your situation? Now we were talking about for a second. How how do you discover, right? But that's we will talk about that in a second. But first of all, you have to ask yourself: Are you discovering something new? And secondly, <laughs> this is going to sound a little weird. This question I want you I want to ask you I want you to ask yourself is: Is your brain changing? Now you may be like Natasha. This is Such a strange question. How how do I even know that my brain is changing? Right, I'm so close to my brain. My brain is my in my head, and my brain is like I can't touch it. <laughs> I can I don't feel anything in my brain unless I have a headache. How am I gonna know if my brain is changing? Well, tell you what, <laughs> you actually can know if you pay attention. Because one of the things that pain does, or any kind of extreme experience, what it does is it changes your neurological system. It changes your neural pathway. Any kind of traumatic experience, right? Being a pain, a trauma, a exhilarating experience, a you know your over the top joy, anything that is that is extreme. Because we, the human system, we are not built to handle the status quo. Usually, is not built to handle the extreme situation. So when that extreme situation happens, it a lot of times it instigates some change. That's why you 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 watch a superhero movie. How does the,、um, for example, how does Deadpool become Deadpool? <laughs> it was. Because it it was he was sitting in a lab, and they were electrifying him and putting so much pressure on him, and somehow it instigated the DNA to change, so so that the DNA kind of、uh, erupts into a different system. That's how his superpower gets discovered, right? That's that's if you if you watch almost every super. Superhero movie. That's how they discover their superpower is when some external pressure is being added. When they're in some extreme situations, that's when ordinary becomes extraordinary. <laughs> Now <laughs> we are not in a superhero movie, but guess what? <laughs> we are actually. Any any superhero story, any story is a metaphor of life. If you look at it from a certain perspective, okay. So, so so you can so if you pay attention, you can actually you are you. I would say you are able to notice if 
the pain, the suffering, or any extreme experience is changing your neurological system. So, if you so so, I would just you know encourage you to pay attention to that. And thirdly, this is very straightforward. You can ask. <laughs> you can ask your higher self. Am I suffering in vain? Am I, you know, am I getting any return on this? Or am I just running in circles? What is it? You can ask your higher self and see what you get, what, what kind of response you get. Okay, so you you will notice like in every, in almost every episode that I do now. I will I will ask you to to interact with your higher self, with your own inner wisdom, with your own connection with the source, to get answers. Because you know through different through different ways of getting in touch with your higher self, that's how you discover your authentic connection with the source. That's how you hone your skill to hone your sensitivity. To build that strong connection with the source, and that is an invaluable spiritual asset. So I would encourage you to do that in different ways as much as possible, and I will continue <laughs> to ask you to do that in different ways through whatever topic, specific topics that we may go through in a certain episode. Okay, so you can ask your higher self straight out, "What's up? What's the situation with this pain?" So. That's how do you. That's how do you know different ways that you can you can get a sense of whether your suffering is in vain, whether you are getting any return on investment. Okay. Now, thirdly, if there is any investment, if there is any return on investment at all, how do you increase your return on investment? <laughs> so, if you are suffering, you know it's unpleasant. You might as well get something good out of it. Right, so you've got to get your money's worth <laughs> if you need to suffer. So here are a few things that I want to tell you. A few perspectives I want to tell you that you know, just as a way to inspire your own perspectives on this. Now, first of all, I want to tell you that the first thing you can do. Which is probably the most simple, but it, but it also, you know, it cannot. The power of this cannot be underestimated. Which is, if you can just simply realize that you're suffering, <laughs> that would be a great step to take. Because you know what, like like we just talked about a moment ago. A lot of times. What we what what we feel instinctively attempted to do as a human is we try to avoid suffering. We don't want to look at it. We don't want to feel it. We don't want anything to do with it. So, when your system is suffering, we tend to just put a cover on it through whatever way, whatever means we can think of. All right. So, you have to ask yourself, what's your typical ways? To get away from suffering, to get away from pain, or any kind of negative emotions. Now, so 
most I would say most people we don't realize. To, we we realize to a certain extent if if the pain is extreme, right? But most of the times we are in this state of mild suffering, and we don't we have no clue. Because first of all, after a while you get used to it. You think this is the way life should work. <laughs> you're sitting in hot wa- you you're sitting in hot water for an hour. You you forget the temperature. You think it's normal, right? So a lot of times we don't even notice that we are suffering. Most of the humans we do not. Okay, there is this concept called bodhisattva in Buddhism. Right? What is a bodhisattva? It's someone who has this, who who is endowed with the kind of sensitivity that naturally wishes. The person naturally wishes to liberate the whole world from pain. In other words, to enlighten everybody, has this natural a a bodhisattva has this natural compassion towards human beings, to, towards human suffering, right? And guess what's what's the what's the uh, what's a modern <laughs> name for bodhisattva? I I think you know you you setting aside the the spiritual kind of the the religious connotation to this. I think a a bodhisattva is is just someone who is sensitive to pain, who is being honest about pain. Now, first of all, you gotta have enough sensitivity. Secondly, you need to be honest, right? And then. And then you will notice what other people will not notice. And the Buddha says the world is full of suffering. The world is full of pain, right? You see a Buddha statue; it has a tear, teardrop in its eyes. You don't see most people walking around with tears in their eyes, right? <laughs> If you ask someone walking down the street, "Hey,"、uh, is the world full of suffering? They probably answer. They probably know. They probably say no, right? Yeah, the world has some suffering, but、uh, most time you 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 get by, right? Most time life is all right. Why? Because we, again, we don't realize it. You you it it takes a certain degree of sensitivity. It takes a d- certain degree of honesty and courage to actually be a bo a bodhisattva. Okay. And it, for for those of you listening who are empathic, who are natural empaths, you already have a leg up on this, right? Because you have the natural sensitivity, and that is a burden a lot of times. But that is also a tremendous blessing because it gives you this natural attunement to the truth about life. So. Most people don't have that sensitivity, and most people don't have. Even if they have the sensitivity, they don't want to use it, right? So that's why people most most people, if you ask them, you know, they're not seeing suffering suffering everywhere, and unless the suffering is extreme, but it's not everywhere. But actually, you know, come to think about it, it's it's quite heavy. The earth is quite heavy, <laughs> so. And and again, what what we do to avoid feeling this suffering 
is preventing you from benefiting from the suffering. Okay, because you're there is no, there is no new discovery inspired from the suffering if you actually do not realize it. So that's why the first thing that I tell you is something <laughs> that is actually very helpful is to realize you're suffering when you do. So the second, the second thing that you can do to increase the ROI on your suffering is asking questions. Be curious. Do you know why you're suffering? Is the cause really what you think it is? This is a great conversation you can have from you can have with your higher self for hours on end. <laughs> If you are feeling the pain, is the cause really what you think it is? What is the message behind this? What is the pain trying to tell you? Is there a higher wisdom in this? Ask your higher self, "What do you want me to learn from this? What do I make of this? What do you want me to get out of this experience? What should I do?" Right. So, asking questions and have an ongoing dialogue with your higher self. About this, it will help you to discover, help you to make those new discoveries, help help you to facilitate those neurological changes that are instigated and inspired by whatever pain that you are going through, and also to realize, you know, whatever pain that you're going through, it is a Phenomenon. It is not the cause, right? It's a manifestation of something. It's a manifestation of something that you have not realized. Some truth you have not realized. Okay, this is a path of discovery. It's trying to guide you. It's trying to tell you things that you have not realized. It's a path to transformation. Now, very last thing I want to tell you is because everything can be taken to extreme. Okay, I do not want you to misinterpret this because some people they can use what I said as an excuse to not get out of painful. Unhealthy situations, and that is not what I mean. Okay, I'm not telling you to indulge in your pain or to seek pain for the purpose of growth. All right. So some people, you know, when when you're when you are unwilling for whatever reason to get out of a unhealthy situation, your ego will come up with all sorts of reasons of why you should not get out of the situation. And this could be, you know, one of the more sophisticated spiritual reasons your ego can use <laughs> to try to talk you out of getting out of a situation that you shouldn't be in. So this is something that you should watch watch out for. All right, this is a judgment call, a discernment that you have to make. Whatever, 
what what whatever I'm saying here cannot be used as a argument to not get yourself out of situations that are not good for you, not good for for your growth. Again, this is another another good conversation to have with your higher self. Okay, are you which which side are you on? If you are, are you really investing in the pain? And is there a natural, um, inspiring discovery process going on when through your suffering, or is this just a excuse to dwell in your status quo because, for whatever reason, you do not want to get out of it? So, <laughs> something to think about, right? Okay. That's all for today, and I will talk to you next time. Hey guys, what you just listened to is a sample episode of the School of Intuition Premium Edition. This is a soundcast that's really a creation of love from me to you, my fellow empathic light beings. And the goal of this soundcast is primarily to help you deepen your intuitive connection. With your higher self, with the source, because in my own personal growth journey and in the journeys of many others that I have observed, I ask myself, what is the one most important factor that determines the difference between stagnation and growth? That determines whether this person continues to evolve. Towards their highest destiny, or wanders around in confusion. And I have realized that the fundamental difference, the most important factor here, is a authentic connection with one's internal truth. And when you Learn to connect with the source, to discern your own truth, and to use that. To guide your practical actions, I think what you start to discover is that the stars begin to align and the elements begin to conspire to move you forward towards fulfilling your highest destiny in the most effortless way possible. So I cannot emphasize this enough. I think this is the most important inner growth skill. Of them all, so the school of intuition is a audio companion, a transmission both for your intellectual mind and for your being, to help you deepen this connection with your own truth, with your higher self, for guidance, for inspiration, for what you need to have for lunch. No, not that part. But really, you know, for the most important things in your life, to sharpen your clarity in your decision making, in your own purpose, in your own journey, whether it's concerning your career, in your finances, your personal life, it is actually very practical, and to also help you to grow into more alignment with your higher purpose and with your gift. As a empathic light being, and to have this ever-expanding sense of personal freedom as a result of being able to be in tune enough 
and courageous enough to follow your own inner truth. So this is the purpose of this soundcast. And if you like this episode that you just listened to, I invite you to go to natashache.com forward slash school to join the School of Intuition tribe. And again, the link that you should go to is natashache.com forward slash school. And I will see you over there.